Few things are harder than the mission of raising your kids. At The Dad Project, we get experienced dads to reveal what's worked for them, offering practical, time-tested advice. Being a successful dad is tough, and we're here to help you get it done. Welcome to The Dad Project. In this episode of The Dad Project, Ashton Ellis discusses the true meaning of the virtue of patriotism and how dads can imbue a healthy love of country in their children. Ashton is co-founder of The Dad Project. He and his wife have seven children. When I was a kid, I lived in a state that celebrated its 200th anniversary. There was a big event, but you had to apply to participate in it. I was a shy and stubborn child, so I didn't take my mother's advice to make the effort and have fun. The day after the celebration, a classmate of mine told me about the fun she had dressing up in period costumes, playing old games, and, of course, learning about life in the state from so long ago. I was happy for my friend, but I regretted not making the effort to join in. Well, fast forward a couple of years ago. I was at an evening program where a famous member of Congress was speaking. He gave a moving interpretation of George Washington crossing the Delaware River. He said that the faces in the famous painting represented all Americans, and that if we are going to unite as a country... It will have to be around our founding ideals enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. After the talk, I was in the reception area, and I was shocked at the reaction by people under 40. They were sneering and rolling their eyes at these ideas as if they were quaint and unserious. Well, whether it was me as a kid or these uninterested adults, there are a lot of people out there who don't understand that patriotism is a virtue, and it's one we as fathers need to be cultivating and teaching as often as we can. I want to start this talk by mentioning that patriotism is connected to the virtue of piety. The love and devotion we show to our family should radiate out to our neighborhood, city, region, and country. If you've been listening to The Dad Project at all, hopefully it's obvious by now that we should love our family. But it may not be so obvious why this should extend to our country. The educator David Isaacs explains it this way. One's country gives a person the indispensable conditions he needs for his intellectual, moral, social, and economic life. In a word, the country provides culture. A common set of ideas, language, literature, history, memory, music, and experience that gives a certain character to the people that live in it. If you don't know it, you won't appreciate it. If you don't appreciate it, you can't love it. And without love, there isn't sacrifice. Patriotism means rendering one's country the honor and service it deserves supporting and defending the values it represents. At a minimum, I think this means we teach our children to honor the country's flag. We can model gratitude towards service members by visiting veterans' hospitals and cemeteries and say thank you to a uniformed member walking through the airport. Going deeper, I think we need to instill a sense of patriotic feeling in our kids. For many people, the Olympic Games and maybe the FIFA World Cup are the most vivid examples of public patriotic feeling. Individuals and teams wear the flags of their countries in competition, and their national anthems play during the victory. You could tell the age of someone depending on which Olympic moment stands out for them. Speaking as an American, was it the Miracle on Ice in 1984, or gymnast Carrie Strug sticking the landing to help her team win a gold medal in 96? Or maybe you remember the men's swimming relay team coming from behind to win in 2008. Don't get me wrong, sports are great, but if the only time we rally around the flag is to cheer on adults playing games, well then our idea of patriotism is pretty thin. As fathers, we need to foster a sense of appreciation and wonder for the people and places that make our country unique. Some families do this by spending vacations visiting national parks, monuments, and battlefields. I know of one dad that makes snack and souvenir money contingent on the kids researching and reading aloud a short paper on one or more of the sites they visit. 
He happily reports that years later, his kids still remember the information in the trips, even though they've completely forgotten the snacks and souvenirs. Another way to get patriotism into the family's bloodstream is to go all out for holidays that celebrate your nation's history. In the United States, it's the 4th of July. In my country, it's extremely formative for kids to invite friends, have a feast, and read aloud some of the great patriotic speeches from American history. Patrick Henry's Liberty or Death and Lincoln's Gettysburg Address are crowd favorites. We sing songs from various eras in our history, like the Battle Hymn of the Republic, My Country Tis of Thee, America the Beautiful, Your Grand Old Flag, and so many others. As dads, we want to instill an informed patriotism in our kids. Years ago, I read an article in the New York Times explaining the importance of children knowing their family history. Summarizing several studies, the authors showed that kids who know the highs and lows of their family's story are much more likely to navigate the ups and downs of their own life. Big setback? Let me tell you how Uncle Frank turned a failure into success. Exciting new opportunity? Well, remember what happened to Cousin Kate when she became workaholic? The same is true for our nation's history. Dads need to be ready with answers and context for the questions that come up. If our kids aren't familiar with the story of their country, they'll think the past has nothing to teach us. It all comes down to nurturing a healthy pride in our country, its principles, and its heroes. For decades, it's been fashionable in the United States to criticize American heroes in history, in some cases to the point of delegitimizing them. And while it's true we should not ignore the mistakes and abuses that can be proven, we should also not exaggerate them. Our country's history is like a family history writ large. We're honest about the shortcomings, and we cheer for the accomplishments. Like any healthy family, we use our country's history as a source of education and inspiration. We learn from past experiences. We judge people by how they apply fundamental principles in specific and often very difficult situations. When we do this, we find people, all things considered, that we can hold up as examples to study and emulate. Of course, to do this, we need to make sure we are drawing from the right source material. Regarding United States history, Richard Brookheiser has written a series of short biographies of people like George Washington, James Madison, John Marshall, and Abraham Lincoln. He calls these moral biographies because his goal is to bring out certain qualities of each subject that are worthy of reflection. In doing this, he's just doing what great authors throughout all of history have done, whether it's Roman or Greek, French or English or Spanish or really any country that wants its children to pass on the lessons learned from the past, will give them exemplars to study. In the United States, Francis Parkman was a historian in the 19th century, and he wrote several beautiful, well-researched books on America's westward settlement by the English and French. It wasn't just the politicians that he was interested in, but the pioneers, fur trappers, Indians, all the ordinary, average people that go into a country. More recently, Wilford McClay has published Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. It's a wonderful new textbook for kids and parents alike, and is intended to be read widely. And don't forget literature. American authors like Henry Longfellow and Mark Twain provide a rich series of narratives that define essential elements of the American national character. Longfellow's Paul Revere's Ride, epic poems like Evangeline and Hiawatha, among so many others, offer memorable descriptions of New England, Louisiana, and the Great Lakes region, respectively. For children likely to grow up in suburbia, these works give them a passport into parts of America they may never see in person, but will nevertheless come to know and love. It will become part of their family history and a part of their country's existence. Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn is a world classic, in part because it shows that slavery wasn't just a given in pre-Civil War America. If we want to have a clear picture of how Americans thought about slavery when slavery was actually legal, we need to be familiar with books like Uncle Tom's Cabin, 
and the writings of Frederick Douglass on the abolition side. Douglass was a slave who escaped and became free and was one of the most eloquent orators of his day. We need to be equally familiar, though, with people on the other side of the argument. We should be familiar with John C. Calhoun's positive good argument to justify slavery and Alexander Stevens' cornerstone speech arguing in favor of a master race. These were statements and people who formed millions of folks in the United States and frankly still have it purchased today with some people. We need to know their arguments inside and out and understand how they reflected or didn't reflect different opinions of their time. We could point out to our children that both Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr. quote and interpret the Declaration of Independence to combat slavery and racism. You have a document here written in the 1700s and statesmen from the 1800s and 1900s using it as the interpretive guide for the American character. That's something we can be proud about in America. And if you're in a different country, I'm sure you have things that you can look to as well. But we need to have the story ready to go when the opportunity strikes with our children. Every country has competing interpretations of the same facts. As fathers, we need to be well-versed in all of them. I know I'm stressing a lot of detail here, but I'm doing it because so much of this is missing from our schools and popular culture. All kinds of messages and memes bombard our families each day. It becomes difficult to distinguish facts from fake news. But if we don't have answers, if dads respond to criticisms of our country with anger or dismissiveness, we risk losing our kids. We risk teaching them the wrong lesson, which is they'll learn that dad doesn't know or, maybe worse, doesn't care. And then they'll look for answers elsewhere. Dialed-in dads know much better, and they prepare for their moment. Like any virtue, patriotism is not something that is picked up by accident. It's a deliberative process that requires imagination and dedication to master. If it takes this replacing your favorite hobby, I'm telling you, I think it's worth it. As fathers, we want to raise adults who know how to be loyal, who don't pass judgment until they know all the details, and who know how to take responsibility for the welfare of others. We want patriotic sons and daughters who know how to love without reservation. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dad Project. If this talk was valuable to you, please go to our website at dadproject.net and make a voluntary one-time or recurring donation to help support our operations. Any amount helps. Catch you next time at The Dad Project.